1: Who is this amateur? This is, no, no. is going to be huge. This is going to be all for myself. Just when I think you said the stupidest thing ever, you keep talking. I think that's the worst that I've ever had. That boy ain't right. The simplest way to put it, I have problems. Welcome to the alleged show. Oh, I guess who is in the captain's chair? Back to my... Regular seat. Four to six. It is the Sports Rush. I am Brett Rump along with Adam Lundy. Glad to have you on board. Big show today. You know, they're always big when you only have a couple of them. You better make them good, right? (laughs) Yeah. You got all these people coming in here, taking my spot. And, uh, you know, I got to make sure that I protect my turf here. So I got to have a pretty good show when they're... You know, when I'm only doing two shows a week. <laughs> got to bring the fire. Got to bring the fire. We've got it today because uh, we're going to be talking to Scott Agnes from Fieldhouse Files. Of course, a lot happening as the NBA starts to count down to the end of their season. And the Pacers, are they the most exciting team in NBA basketball right now? Are they the greatest watch? Should they be the team that gets picked up the most by national television broadcasts? Because that's what happened to them last night, and they did not disappoint. They put on a show. Tyrese Halliburton is now a bona fide star. And uh, I, th- I just feel like, you know, the Pacers are making big, bold moves. And it might not be totally about the one-loss record because they can still lay an egg as good as anybody. <laughs> I mean, you know, they, they it seems like sometimes they just come out flat. Yeah. And I think that, you know what that is, Adam? I'll, I'll just tell you. It's mm-hmm. part of having a young team. Absolutely. They haven't reached the maturity level where they can prepare themselves to be mentally and physically ready to play 82 games but when they do have the big game they seem to step up and play terrific and so that's, that's why you look at the record against teams like boston and milwaukee and and uh you know the big win over dallas uh you know they can come out and they they can be world beaters that's why i think it's kind of exciting to look ahead to the playoffs because you've got a team that's capable of beating anybody yeah we've seen it we and certainly have and uh, so we'll talk to Scott Agnes a little bit about this Pacers team coming up at 435. Hour number two, it is sectional week in boys basketball. You know, I heard people saying, in fact, our buddy Greg Rekstra I think's among them, that sectional Friday night is the most exciting day of the tournament mm. or slash night. And it just breaks my heart <laughs> because they stole away what was truly the best day of the tournament. When they took away regional Saturday, where, you know, all the sectional winners, everybody who already got a piece of net already, everybody who already got some type of trophy, some type of title. They won something. Now they all get together and throw a little party the next week called regionals. And you had two games in the morning and then you battled for a championship that night. And now it's just get randomly thrown into a gym uh, play one game, and you're on to semi-state. I just do not like it. And I know you're probably getting sick of me complaining about <laughs> it, but I think that's the only thing I can do until they fix it. Because to me, it is absolutely broken. I don't think there was anything wrong with the tournament before. I think in some ways, it could have been a little bit about uh, you know financial gain. Mm-hmm. I do think that some, sometimes that uh, money influences decisions, and it might have been a thing where you look at it and you think, Well, we don't make as much money on regionals, and you might have more people travel to a semi-state, and if you play more games at that level where you charge more money, including charging the stations that broadcast it more money, because remember, it affects us too. We already have certain fees, and they go up each and every round of the tournament. And so when we step forward and submit a request to the IHSAA to get broadcasting rights for certain sectional, regional, semi-state, or state championship games, there are fees attached to that. And each round, the fees increase. And so the more games that are broadcast at a higher level brings more revenue in broadcasting fees. The ticket prices are higher. And so there there could be a little bit of a financial interest in this because we never got a good reason from the IHSAA why they were doing away with the old format. But to me, that was the best day of the tournament, and they stripped away the very best day. Now we're left with semifinals. I, I guess I can't argue whether the sectional semifinals are the best day, but the only thing is you've got a lot of teams that are playing tomorrow night that have two wins on the season or three wins on the season because a ping-pong ball threw them into a semifinal and they got a bye. And I don't like that either. So I don't know that tomorrow night, in my mind, qualifies as the best day of the tournament because you've got some of the worst teams in the tournament that are going to be playing because a ping-pong ball let them advance them into a semifinal. One place that's not the case is Bluffton. 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 That's where we're going. We're going to Bluffton. We're going to Bluffton. Get ready for us, Wells County. Yep, I'm giving you fair warning that we're (laughs) going to be invading Bluffton coming up tomorrow night. And we'll have semifinal basketball live from Bluffton. And uh, I think we've got, uh, let's see, our matchups at Bluffton tomorrow night start off with Blackhawk. Versus Adams Central. That will be the 6 o'clock game. Oh. oh ho, ho. Yeah. What a way to kick things off. Kick it. Yeah. Uh, going against uh, the Schwartz. Schwartz kid, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you've got, uh, <laughs> you can tell I've done my prep. <laughs> and then you've got Bishop Lewers, who will be taking on Whitco. That's 19-4 and Witko. 19-5 and five Bishop Lures.
2: Ooh, another exciting
1: matchup. Oh, oh, we, 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 got, we picked the right section. You away. know what? It is the most exciting day of the IHSA <laughs> State Tournament. Only <laughs> if you're at Bluffton, because that's where we will be. And uh hope you join us for both broadcasts. Of course, we'll be on the air at 6 o'clock. And uh, second game will follow. And you know where that leads us for the Pizza Hut is Bluffton Pizza Hut. Hope mm-hmm. to see a lot of people come on out, stop by, have some pizza or some post game delights whatever uh, is your fancy, come on out and join us live broadcast tomorrow night of the Parkview Sports Medicine high School basketball post game show live from the Bluffton Pizza Hut. We will have scores, highlights, uh, my talk to some coaches and also we will be setting up the championship games and tell you what our thoughts are on some of the sectional favorites and and this swag. Oh yeah, no better reason to stop by if you're in the Bluffton area because we will have your custom exclusive 1380 the fan high school hoop shirts. These have been designed by Old Fort Baseball Company. You got to check them out and get one. And the only way you can do it is if you show up and stop by the Pizza Hut in Bluffton tomorrow night. And and let me give fair warning, this is our final post game of the year. Oh, crazy. Yeah, so uh, this is your chance. Come by and see us tomorrow night. Let's do it. Uh, How things go last couple of days?
2: We uh, we powered through. We had some we had some interesting uh, conversations. We had a conversation with Glenn with uh, Harrison Bader, who's going to be in the NFL Combine doing thicker some th- kicker, the thicker kicker, yeah. doing some kicking. We had a fun day with Shannon yesterday. It's been fun, but uh, we're ready for some Brett to bring the fire.
1: Uh, well, I, I don't know that I've got a lot of fire today. I'm tired. Oh, you oh. I'm tired, and I have reason to be a little tired. <laughs> you today. have a, you've had a journey, my friend. It was uh, much later night than I expected it to be, and because no one gives me the schedule, no one really cares that I have to be up and working <laughs> at 8 a.m. Uh, you know, everybody else on the bus is basically tied into the athletic program, and if the bus rolls in at two o'clock, they say, I just come in tomorrow at at 10." Uh, not my case, so. Last night, uh, Mastodons in Dayton taking on Wright State. What a performance by the Mastodons! I, t- I tell you what, this team, and, and you know, I don't want to put any unfair pressure on them for the tournament because I'm not going to sit here and tell you, oh, you know, they 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 got um, you know a sure bet going through that tournament. <laughs> this is a tough tournament, and a tough league, but I can tell you this: there's no reason to believe they have any worse of a chance. To win this tournament than any other team. I mean, they they have just as good a chance at winning this tournament as Oakland or Youngstown State or pick your team here. The Dons are four and two against those top three teams in the league. They have won in almost every gym. I mean, look at their road record. They're now eight and six on the season on the road. They uh, they finished six and four on the road in the Horizon League, which means. If you can go into their place and beat six of your 10 opponents, you can win on a neutral court or in a one game winner advance road situation. Because everybody was all hung up. Dons have to get that home court advantage. They've got to get that bye. Well, yeah, the bye would have been nice. Because quite honestly, the way the schedule's laid out for the Rising League, it really does kind of attack the teams that have to play on Tuesday because they turn around and play on Thursday. And if you, uh, you know, if you play on Tuesday, you've also got to travel because every Thursday home team is going to be on the bye. So it's not like you'll travel to a team that also had to play on Tuesday. You're always going to travel to a team who's well rested. That's the biggest thing the Dons will face, not having one of the top five seeds. But they can go anywhere and win in any place. I mean, I think four straight road games. Last night was their fourth in a row. It was probably a little bit of a worn-down club getting into Dayton. Remember, you get back late from Milwaukee on Sunday. You have Monday at home. Tuesday, you're back on the bus. You're heading down to Wright State. The Dons got a late start on the bus ride because of some bus issues, mechanical issues. Uh, Fortunately, that happened before the Dons got on the bus, but it delayed the bus trip to Dayton. So it was a late arrival in Dayton. They they then prepped and played uh, Wright State last night. And what a win. 79-77 in overtime at the Nutter Center in Dayton, Ohio. Uh, Wright State, by the way, number one in the country in field goal percentage. They are just really gifted offensively. And uh, they have been shooting about 53% for the field. And they shot just 44.9% last night. Mastodons did a really good job of contesting shots. They also, uh, Wright State's also fifth in the country in scoring offense at 86.2 points per game. And the Dons held them to 74 in regulation and only allowed three points on one for eight shooting in the overtime session. Uh, The Dons also held them to only 29.4% from three point and forced Wright State into 18 turnovers. That's one of the areas where the Mastodons are among the top teams in the country. Uh, Jalen Jackson, another big game against, uh, against Wright State. Uh, he finished with 22 points. Eric Mulder finished with 13 rebounds. Mm -hmm. And this is a guy who had foul trouble and only played five minutes of the first half. Wow. And finished with 13 rebounds. Eight of those were offensive rebounds. Huge. In fact, he got a kick out on an offensive rebound to a uh, Quentin Morton-Robertson three that dropped in the bottom of the cup, Drano, and and that was a huge bucket. So the Dons get the big road win, which means it's a tradition. Coach Kaufman has this tradition. And the reason I tell you about the game and why I'm a little bit tired today is because when you go to Wright State, you're at the Horizon League University that is the closest to a Waffle House. Mm Mm-hmm. And so a couple of years ago, the Mastodons won on the road, and it was the suggestion of some of the team that, hey, you know, the only way to properly celebrate a win is to go to Waffle House. Do you remember, do you remember the the viral videos? and yeah. Everybody going to Waffle House? I do. And so Coach Kaufman took the bus to the Waffle House, <laughs> just uh, about two miles, two and a half miles or so from Wright State, and swing on in. And uh, and so he decided last night we would do it again. So if you listen to the postgame show, you even heard during my segment with Coach Kaufman, it was time to hurry up. We were going to go get waffles. So everybody got out of the arena fairly quickly. Uh, We go to Waffle House and they said, we're going to order everything to go so we can eat it on the bus. We don't want to waste any extra time. Adam, we were at the Waffle House for an hour and a half. Just waiting to get our food so we could eat it on the bus. Oh, man. Um, I Obviously, on a Wednesday night in Dayton, Ohio, at 10 o'clock at night. Near a college campus. The Waffle House was not expecting... Twenty-two hungry <laughs> basketball players and one hungry radio guy to come walking in. Ooh, that's the worst part when you get the radio guy. The radio guy. <laughs> and I actually ordered less than anyone. I, uh, you know what I ordered? What'd you get? A waffle.
2: Just a waffle.
1: Just a waffle. Just a waffle. All a waffle. I needed. I thought, hey, just for tradition's sake, got to have a waffle. So I had one waffle from Waffle House, but uh, but we ended up that that delayed us quite a bit in getting out of date. Absolutely. I know I know the bus driver. His patience was being <laughs> tested a bit as he sat in the parking lot with the bus running for an hour and a half waiting for everybody to come out with their food. But did, did, uh, uh, did we the, got back in like 2 a.m. Oh, geez. Did the bus driver get Waffle House? No. the You know, <gasps> that's the thing about bus drivers. They're very they're, strict and yeah, rigid and yeah. don't break the company rules. Yeah, they don't sit up there and slop down a waffle while they're driving <laughs> down Highway 33.
2: I can't relate. Somebody texted in, covered, smothered, and chunked with a pecan
1: waffle. That's their Waffle House order. Ah. Uh, yeah, I uh I went very vanilla so to speak. It's Waffle House um, you get I mean, a waffle. I, I um I thought, you know, I'm not really that hungry. No. But I'm at Waffle House. I got to have a waffle. I so think you made the right choice. I decided, yeah, I'll go in, I'll grab a waffle, and that's what that's what I had. I had a waffle. But there were there were plenty of guys who had bigger meals than me and they deserved to have them. Absolutely. They, You know, they work up an appetite much more than I do just talking (laughs) for a couple of hours. By the way, I almost got in the game last night. Oh, or or became part of the action. Had uh, two balls that were actually errantly thrown right my direction. Oh, geez. One, an assistant coach reached up in front of me and he snared it. It would have I would have had the catch. It was coming right to me. (laughs) The second one hit the uh, you know the press table. You've got the the big signs in front of your table, so it's not like open underneath. But a guy fired a pass across the court. Literally no one in the neighborhood. There was no wing on that side of the formation. Um, And so the ball just sailed right to me. And it hit, solidly hit the signage right in front of me. I couldn't get my hands far enough over the counter to grab it. But, But, yeah, so there were two balls thrown to me last night. But... Well, uh, we'll talk more about what's ahead because the Horizon League, one game left and there's still plenty of things that have to be decided, including who's going to win the regular season championship. Yeah. And we'll tell you what's ahead for the Mastodons and what it looks like as far as tournament play. We'll get into that coming up later in the show. Also on the way, we'll talk Chris Ballard. He is speaking at the NFL Combine and he has made a very definitive statement about whether Michael Pittman will be part of the Colts roster come august and i think uh cole's fans probably will be pleased overall with what he had to say let's check in with what else is happening in the world of sports today's top headlines at the proper time Notice the last couple days we kind of just threw it wherever it fell. Where we can squeeze it in? Uh, you know, you know me, I'm gonna maintain discipline on this show. Yeah. So here we go. Today's top headlines with Adam Lundy. All
2: right, thanks, Brett. 76ers superstar Joel Embiid spoke to the media today for the first time since he suffered a knee injury a month ago, and said he hopes he will be able to return sometime before the regular season is over. And Philly's record doesn't matter in the equation. Quote: So any chances that I get, I want to be on the floor. So it doesn't matter where we are in the standings. I just want to play as much as I can and try to help us and said today a judge has upheld a decision requiring cowboys owner jerry jones to take a paternity test as part of a legal dispute with a 27 year old woman who says the billionaire is her biological father a texas judge today ruled rejected an appeal from jones of a 2022 ruling in a paternity case brought by alexandra davis who previously alleged in a separate lawsuit that she was conceived from a relationship jones had with her mother in the mid-1990s and one more funny story here for you today brett the philadelphia phillies officially ended their popular promotion dollar dog night today and replaced dollar dogs on select dates with a two-for-one deal At Citizens Bank Park, a statement from the team said the change was made based on the organization's ongoing commitment to provide a positive experience for all fans in attendance. Now, what wasn't positive about Dollar Dog
1: Nights? I thought it was a positive experience for all dogs. (laughs) Armed with projectile frankfurters, some
2: unruly Phillies fans began chucking their favorite hot dog mutes during a game last season, and the dogs soared like cans of corns throughout the stands and onto the field. Oh, my gosh. The demand for the discount dogs also Led to clogged lanes on the concourse, leading to security and safety concerns. So Philly, no more dollar dogs for
1: you guys. That is a doggone mess. Uh, (laughs) All right, so there's today's (laughs) top headlines with Adam Lundy, and coming up on the show, wonder how Mom thought you did there with that. Today's top headline.
2: I don't know if she's still listening. We might um, lo- we might have lost her after. Yeah, the- she
1: just locks in for your sports <laughs> updates. She doesn't want to hear that. She doesn't want to hear that rump guy talk for Who's 15 that? minutes. Yeah, just to hear Adam. Uh, all right, so still coming up, uh, Chris Ballard. Uh, of course, we've got to talk about the Hoosiers. They had a game since I last appeared on the show. And wait, 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 wait. They won. <laughs> what? The Hoosiers? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, Also, Scott Agnes is going to be joining us coming up at 435. One of the fun things about traveling is you're able to just sit with your cell phone and follow the app, play-by-play, being written out for you as you feel like you are watching a game. It's not really the alternative that you would choose. But that's the (laughs) situation I was left with when Indiana was playing Wisconsin the other night. Uh, Tuesday night, and uh, i got to give credit where credit is due. Indiana got an incredible performance from Khalil Ware, and they end up beating uh, Wisconsin. Now, here's the thing. You get takeaways from what you're seeing because you're seeing every missed shot. As it scrolls by, you're seeing every missed shot, every turnover, and so you start to build a perception based on what you're reading and not what you're seeing, and sometimes that perception can be a little off. Uh, sometimes you get a couple of turnovers and they're turnovers of aggression or they're, you know, it's, it's not like, oh, my gosh, they're dribbling it right off their foot. You don't know because it just says Trey Galloway turnover. But uh, but the one thing I did notice, it seemed like every time it said Khalil Ware shot, <laughs> it was Kalil Ware two points. Uh, I mean, he had an amazing game. Yeah. And, uh, and so uh, it was kind of a uh, – uh, how do I put it? Very solid win for Indiana. And at a time that they desperately needed one, and I don't know if they're now getting into that stage of playing for their coach. Uh, i I don't I, I'm not gonna write too much into it because Indiana no. could come out and get beat by thirty in the next game. But at least for one night, it came together they got a superstar performance from somebody that had a reputation as as far as being a future superstar when he was in high school and they finally get a big time win on their home floor and so all was well for one night but again i'm not giving i'm not making it yeah. any bigger than it was it was a win And am
2: I a jerk if I say I'm concerned that this was an apparition and that you're not going to get 27 points from kal Ware every game and that you still had a really lot of issues with your guard play?
1: Not for that reason.
2: Okay. (laughs) Give me the reason. (laughs) No, the... uh,
1: no, you're not a you're not a jerk. I'm the jerk for other reasons. <laughs> uh no, you're uh no, I don't I I think that's exactly my position. It's yeah. like I don't want to dive in and buy and drink the Kool-Aid just because they had one win over Wisconsin. I'm like, you know what? You you've had a season to show me progress. Not to show me what you're capable of, but you only bring bring it once every 10 games. Right. So I think, you know, it's is this the start of some momentum? Is it the start of a very tangible progress for Indiana? Or is it, as you said, an apparition? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you spell apparition?
2: A-P-P-A-R-I-T-I-O-N. Very good. Thank you. A I little think, spelling bee today. I
1: I think that's right. <laughs> um, somebody will let us know on the Parkview Sports Probably. Medicine text line if it's wrong. Or maybe they will let us know if you're being a jerk today. Oh, I um, might be. No, no, nah, not at all. <laughs> not Adam. Not me. Adam's the sane one between the two of us. But, uh, but no, Adam, you—I uh, uh, think you hit the point perfectly. Don't buy it too much. Don't get too excited. Don't think, ah, Indiana still has a chance and start recalculating everything they need to do to be on the bubble for Selection Sunday because that's not happening. It—it it was a much-needed win. Did it buy Mike Woodson another year? I don't think that one game should be the difference maker between Woodson coming back or not coming back. So I'm not going to overreact to that one win. I still think there's a lot of flaws deep in this program. I question the culture of the program. I question the the choice of who to recruit and invite into this program. And I'm anxious to see, because if there's ever a question, Adam, you, you've been sitting here listening half the time when we've been doing this show Definitely for the last have. three months, maybe a third of the time. <laughs> but, but the point is, you've heard me say a long time ago that I looked at Indiana and I thought there might be a culture problem. There might be a chemistry issue that I'm not sure that this team is a close-knit team. When would I first... That might have been November. Mm-hmm. I mean, it seems mm-hmm. like it was right near early in the season. We're going to find out if this is a Unified team, if they are connected, if they have some team chemistry, because after the season, we'll see, number one, what happens with the transfer portal. We'll also know what happens between now and the end of the season. And so I'm I'm withholding too much judgment. And for those that are listening to this program, waiting for me to just go all crazy on Indiana basketball, not happening today. Okay, they, they have earned somewhat of a pacifier. I'm not going to... Even though they have very deep rooted problems in this program uh, that involve some of the you know coaching decisions, some of the in-game adjustments, which maybe there aren't any, that might be the biggest problem. Uh, i'm i'm not going to, i'm not going there i'm hesitating i'm starting to adam i'm starting to want to go there but i'm not going to <laughs> don't do it my friend i'm not going to i'm going to put myself in the restraints and uh <laughs> show some discipline once again today it is my only day yeah your last day of the until week until monday yeah i'll talk to don fisher next uh on, <laughs> on monday and then get the actual real story but uh, but I I, I don't want to overreact. Uh, four six eight six two. Oh, I forgot to mention this when I was talking about Waffle House getting home at two a.m. Uh, didn't get a good night's sleep the night before either. You know, you had the bad weather and the storms that yeah. passed through. I got into Dayton, get to the hotel room. Of course, we were already an hour or so behind schedule because of a uh, late arriving bus. But uh, and, and that's no fault of the bus company, by the way. That no. just you know sometimes. A vehicle uh, doesn't sound right or isn't acting right. You've got to make sure you get a good vehicle. And so uh, we get into Dayton a little bit late on on Wednesday, on Tuesday night, and um, and then on Wednesday morning at 4:30 a.m., my phone puts off one of the alarms that's like the silver alert or whatever that. that is, <laughs> and I hear this just go off like crazy in my room. Uh. Jump up, look at the phone tornado warning for your area yeah so we had some nasty storms going through dayton and at 4 30 it woke me up and then you know i have that problem when i wake up like that i can't get back to sleep because once it gets to 5 5 30 i start to feel like i i should be up or if i fall asleep then i might not wake up at the right time and so i ended up getting a very short night's sleep oh man yeah and then last night yeah getting back at 2 a.m. didn't help dang waffles so, you know if you wonder why it's not negative brett today going all off on everything it's because brett doesn't have the energy he's just <laughs> he's just too tired for conflict today are you too tired for breaking news my friend let's hear it adam i want some breaking news
2: Caitlin Clark has now officially declared that she's going to enter the 2024 WNBA draft and will forgo her last year at Iowa.
1: Now, the only way you should follow that announcement up is with Cool in the Gang, some celebration. Huh? come on. Where are you, Adam? (laughs) Oh, man. Come on, let's go. you got to produce this show. Don't make me make all the good decisions. Uh, (laughs) uh, Hey, that is big. Uh, All the Fever fans that might have been holding their breath thinking, will she... Uh, I hope she doesn't back out of the draft. Uh, Caitlin Clark is coming to Indiana. I mean, that that basically is saying, I look forward to being part of the Indiana fever. Oh, yeah. For the foreseeable future. Because, I, yeah. you know, is there going to be any doubt or debate where people are going to go into the draft? About time. <laughs> um, before we, uh, you know, not knowing who's going to be the number one pick, it's Caitlin Clark. Oh, coming yeah. Coming to Indiana to join her boyfriend. Which McCaffrey is it? Is it Connor? No, not. I don't know which McCaffrey. <laughs> McCaffrey for a boyfriend. She's going to hoop it up. Yeah. And uh, you know who broke that story? Scott Agnes. Scott Agnes. You know who's going to be our guest on the other side of the break? It's Scott Agnes. Hey, how is that for timing? We've got Scott Agnes for the Fieldhouse Files. We'll t- oh, we're going to talk Pacers basketball, but hey, yeah, we got to ask about this breaking news. He is dropping it on us that Caitlin Clark is foregoing her extra year, her COVID year, to join the WNBA, and she will be the number one pick for the Indiana Fever. We'll talk to Scott Agnes next. Coming up next hour, we talk to Bishop Lewers, boys basketball coach Seth coughing also Eric Dude to from Parkview Sports Medicine will join us for his weekly visit and give us previews of what to expect with boys high school basketball sectional semifinals coming up tomorrow night. Uh, Scott Agnes has done a really good job of deflecting attention from the Pacers because he's posted breaking news that Caitlin Clark is going to be part of the WNBA draft. She is saying goodbye to Iowa and hello, Indiana. And Scott Agnes is joining us and we've got to start there, Scott. We had all these questions all set up for the Pacers and then you went and did this. But (laughs) uh, hey, big, you know, big to be first on it. Congratulations. Yeah,
0: you're, you're, you're exactly right in terms of this is absolutely where you start because this is a a significant, this is, uh, exactly what Indiana basketball and Fever fans have needed because it has been a very difficult, uh, what, past eight years since Tamika Catchings retired in 2016.
1: Yeah, Not it's,
0: only is this great for Indiana, but huge for the WNBA as
1: well. It, it's tough because you're doing a rebuild one brick at a time, and you have to yep. wait 365 days for the next brick. But th- this this is more like a brick wall. I mean, this is like speeding up the construction of the rebuild. Uh, I mean, this is huge because what a compliment uh, she'll be to Alaya Boston. For sure. Yeah,
0: that's going to be the, the- – Faces of the Indiana Fever, the combination of Clark and Boston. And it's a lot of fun, too, that it pairs so well, right? It's just happenstance that they're totally different positions and they can mesh so well. The inside out, the pick and rolls, uh, both are just so dominant in their position. And the thing with Caitlin, Brett, is she's going to have the opportunity to, I think, have some immediate success here because shooting translates right away, right? With bigs, it often takes you several years, necessarily. Uh, You try to learn the game. With shooting, that doesn't matter whether you're playing on a hardwood, whether you're playing on a blacktop. It doesn't matter what league you are. So this is as good as news as Indiana basketball fans will get, I think, this year.
1: Yeah, I could coach this team, Uh, honestly. (laughs) It's not going to be that hard. Uh, A lot of two-man basketball or two-woman basketball. Where does this leave Grace Berger?
0: Yeah, I think uh, that's one of those questions. I think you get to down the line. I think should, she could have a role off the bench. Um, you always need shooters, and I think she's done a great job of being around the team and the facility uh, throughout this off season. Her and Lexi Hall in particular. So, um, with 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 the size they've added in the the off season and what what Grace has been able to do, I I, I could see a role for her off the bench. The trouble is, in general, here is there's just not a lot of roster spots in the WNBA. That's why many want to see them expand just to create jobs and have more roster spots. Um,
1: but and I, I think and it's a similar type player, too, right? I mean, the role that, that Caitlin Clark's going to play is similar to what Grace Berger would bring to the court.
0: Correct, but I I don't think Grace was was necess- She wasn't your – I mean, I still remember the first game last season she didn't even get in. Now her role expanded certainly at the end of the season and continued to add to it. Um, This does move someone in front of her, to be clear. Absolutely. Uh, But she'll be fighting for a roster spot, no doubt.
1: Talking to Scott Agnes from the Fieldhouse Files about Caitlin Clark announcing that she is going to say goodbye to Iowa. Hello to Indiana. She'll be the number one pick in the WNBA draft. There won't be much suspense about it. And that number 1 pick of course held by the Indiana Fever. Let's talk about the Indiana Pacers. You know, I was talking about this earlier. I said in some ways this team shows its youth and its immaturity because the teams that maybe you just expect them to beat are the ones that often they come out and play their flat games, but when they play some of the top level competition, they've proven they can almost beat anybody.
0: Yeah, and it was a it was a great win this past uh, this last night against the Pelicans, they took advantage of the situation and it was so key for them uh, in terms of getting up big, right? Because this is a team in the Pelicans that had played the previous night, hadn't gotten to town till 5.30 in the morning. So this would have been another one of those stingers if you don't get the job done and win, even if the opponent uh, was was at a higher level here. Um, and especially, even more so, Brett, the fact that they went 3-1 on a Homestand without Aaron Niesmith, down Doug McDermott, and on top of that, next month, 10 of 15 on the road. So a, a huge win for them last night.
1: How far have we gotten in Pascal Siakam kind of blending with this team? Do you think we're seeing what the finished product is or will be?
0: No, I don't think they're even close. They've Tyrese and Pascal have only played 15 games together. Pascal hadn't even played 20 uh, with the Pacers just yet. Uh, I'm I, I think they're very much just trying to learn on the fly right now um, with what they're trying to get accomplished here because you don't have a training camp you don't have an off season and so much of what the Pacers do with Tyrese is not set play calls so it's not even as if you can teach him in a matter of a couple days or a week of what they're trying to do it's so much about feel read and react understanding your teammates and their tendencies and I thought to close the game yesterday you saw some of the recent work come into fruition, right, when he was just trying to find the seams in the defense, and Tyrese found him time and time and time again. Three straight times, Miles the fourth time, and that's how they put away the Pelicans.
1: Scott, I don't know. Uh, I, I think it's a fair assessment to say that Miles Turner is having the best year we've seen him have. At least I feel that way. And when I try to figure out why, uh, why this year? Uh, I, I know there's a number of factors. Number one, it's the evolving changes in the NBA where it's becoming a little more wide open. It's not a post-oriented type offense anymore. Uh, but the, the the being able to play with a guy like Tyrese Halliburton and having the complement of players around him, uh, maybe it's the coaching of Rick Carlisle. I guess my question is, what has kind of... Uh, <laughs> given miles turner the opportunity maybe to spread the wings and and get away from the cocoon and actually show us that potential we've looked for for a long time
0: yeah i think it's several things and then starting with the most basic premise health he's played in 56 of 60 games and that hasn't been a thing for him over the last three years so just him being able to be out there and not deal with a significant injury is huge on top of that you're right yeah for the second consecutive year here um He's done a nice job in playing with Tyrese and and knowing his spots and knowing what he can take advantage of. The other big thing is he's matured a great deal and is as confident in who he is, the player that he is, and how he helps this team as he ever has been. He's never going to be the outspoken leader. He's never going to be the dominant scorer. He has uh, taken pride on what he does defensively, but no longer gets caught up in the discourse of, should he be uh, all-defensive team player? Should he be defensive player of the year? Does he lead the team in blocks? I love that that's on the back burner. And right now he's just worrying about wins and how the best way he can do that in helping his team.
1: This is an important stretch that the Pacers are in right now. They've got to take care of some business because things get to be more of a grind uh, coming up in March. Um, as far as where, you know, we keep talking about six-place, six-place, six-place. Is that really the goal for the Pacers, just to make it into that top six and see where the chips fall? Or is this team selling itself short to just focus on the six spot?
0: I don't think the team's talking about the 60. That's what I'm talking about. I think since (laughs) Pascal Siakam, you acquire him, you should finish at least the 60. That's the goal. For the team, they're talking about having a top four seed, which would give them uh, a home court advantage uh, during part of – the playoffs, and so that's what they're keeping in mind. And so Rick Carlisle and these guys are smart; they have it on their smartphones. They're keeping track of the standings. But what's been most wild is the variety in which things can move. Right? There was a, a, a night, two nights ago, when they didn't play and they dropped, I think, to eight. Then they win again; you move up to six. Like there's only a game or two separating mm-hmm. so many spots right there. And that's why this next month is so important. As much as you can talk about a November loss hurting you. Now you can really feel the effects here late in the season where, where these games truly quickly add up because you can see how so quickly where where the game impacts you winter long.
1: Scott, is there one team in the East that you just want to say as a Pacers fan, please not them? Is there a matchup problem with anybody that the Pacers could potentially play in the East?
0: Yeah, it's absolutely Boston. I think they're the true favorites right now uh to win and yes while the Pacers have gotten a win on them earlier this season they're the hottest team in the league they're they're having the most wins they've won 9 in a row uh this is a group in the Boston Celtics that you do not want to play when it matters mostly because they have the best starting lineup out there now um guys can remain healthy remains to be seen with, as the case with any team but mm-hmm. I the Pacers got to like how they stack up and can compete with I think anyone but that Boston team is a team you really like to avoid, which means you don't want to be that agency.
1: Scott, always appreciate you. And, again, uh, nice work on Caitlin Clark getting uh, out there and getting that information uh, publicized. Fieldhouse Files, make sure you get your subscription to follow the Pacers on this uh, playoff push and through the playoffs as far as the Pacers can make it. So, Scott, always appreciate it. All right, very good. Thanks, Brett. Yep, that is Scott Agnes joining us here on the Sports Rush covers uh the pacers and well now he might be a little more into the fever
2: (laughs) and i mean it's hardy i mean you guys didn't really touch on it much but just the the economic impact the the financial impact the uh the ticket prices everything for the indiana fever is just going to suddenly shoot up
1: their uh their season ticket sales staff probably just threw a big party oh they're having it right now i bet the bubbly is flowing down (laughs) in indianapolis right now um all right, so here is the actual quote from Caitlin Clark yep. on the Twitter post. While this season is far from over and we have a lot more goals to achieve, it will be my last one at Iowa. Woo. I am excited to be entering the 2024 WNBA draft. It is impossible to fully express my gratitude to everyone who has supported me during my time at Iowa. My teammates who made the last four years the best, my coaches, trainers, and staff who always let me be me, Hawkeye fans who filled Carver every night, and everyone who came out to support us across the country, especially the young kids. Most importantly, none of this would have been possible without my family and friends who have been by my side through it all. Because of all of you, my dreams came true, Caitlin Clark. But uh, that is as official as official gets.
2: Absolutely. Great statement there. And uh, basically just left out the part where she said, I'm looking forward to playing for the fever. <laughs>
1: fevers. Fever, yeah. 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 You might as well go ahead and uh, start start getting the fever gear for the family members, Caitlin, because there's not much doubt uh, that uh, you're going to be coming to Indiana. Nope. Welcome to Indianapolis. 46862 is Parkview Sports Medicine text line. Oh, you know what? Hey, what's up? I, I got to bring this up before we get to the top of the hour, Adam. Uh, I noticed on Tuesday that, uh, you know, Glenn Marini got a little soft, didn't have Tuesday Time <laughs> Capsule Trivia. I was looking so forward to Glenn taking his shot at Tuesday Time Capsule Trivia, mm. and it didn't happen. Didn't happen. Didn't and get to it. And so we've got a prize. Yeah. We've got a pizza that we've got to give away. Large pizza. Yeah, large pizza to pizza hut. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to once again. <laughs> I have to. Have to, uh, you know, put yourself on the line. Yeah, I've I've got to put myself out there. I've (laughs) got to do it. I got to represent for uh, for those that that won't be tough enough to compete in Tuesday time capsule trivia. (laughs) I'm going to put my what record is it? 67-16. I'm going to put that record on the line, and we're going to play some Tuesday time capsule trivia on a Thursday. Sounds good. We'll do that after the top of the hour. Also coming up, Seth Coffing, Bishop Lewers boys basketball coach and Eric Dute kevish to talk boys high school basketball sectional semifinals. Now the first rounds are complete. It is a Thursday edition of the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM.